Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hast the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through the breaking the law dishonorest thou God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written, For circumcision verily profiteth, if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision dost transgress the law? For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Welcome, everyone, to episode 13 of the Higher Calling podcast, presented by the Avondale Church of God. We left off in our last episode 12 talking about Christ compared to Melchizedek, perfection possible due to a priesthood after the order of an eternal life. Hopefully that conversation paved the way for this session, which combines Hebrews 8 and 9. Some key points included in Hebrews chapter 8 and 9 are Jesus as the high priest, which sums up chapters 5, 6, and 7. The earthly, holy place. Redemption through the blood of Christ. I'm Ian Dowdy. And I'm David Dowdy. Well, let's get started. Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest, who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. So if we were reading through this thought uninterrupted, we would be able to skip to chapter 9, verse 12, where the author picks up this train of thought about the offering that Jesus brings as the high priest. The next few verses, though, take us back to the tabernacle in the wilderness and help the audience remember what it was all about. Remember that there's been, I don't know, maybe 800 to 1,000 years since the children of Israel left Egypt following Moses through the Red Sea since they were in the wilderness. I mean, that's a long time, and it's easy to forget what it was like. So these people might not even all have been biological Jews and not really have a connection to the tabernacle, or maybe they are Jews, but so affected by being governed by pagan rulers and in bondage that they start to forget how special 
the dwelling of God was. So the author takes us back into the tabernacle in the wilderness. Okay, yeah. So I'll I'll pick up reading here, Hebrews 8, verse 4. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. So think of it this way. The tabernacle and later the temple was built on the example of heavenly things. Righteousness, holiness, purity, all the attributes of Christ. There are studies you can do about the tabernacle and ordinances and forms and We'll read some of it in chapter 9. But the heavenly example came before the law, before Moses. Righteousness and faith predate even Abraham. The tabernacle was just a transition into a structured system of religion. So verse 4 essentially makes us aware that Jesus would not be an earthly priest as he wasn't interested in performing the rites of the law. Rather, he was aiming to transcend the law from a physical, outward, blind obedience and you know, to shalls and shall nots, unto a personal relationship with God, with the law in our hearts. What we have today, and we're getting ahead of ourselves a bit, is similar. We have the dwelling place of God in our hearts. The carnal, animal-like nature kept that old system from working effectively. Right. So, verse 7. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind, and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. You know, we started this session by reading out of Romans chapter 2, and we won't read it again, but it's a great supplementary chapter, this idea of changing the outward rules and regulations into internal spiritual transformation. We know that the Jewish nation was set apart from the pagan religions around them by the ritual of circumcision. When someone wants to be unrighteous, it doesn't matter how closely they seem to appear on the outside to align with God's laws, because the heart condition is unclean and filthy. Hebrews 8, 11. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he saith, A new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. On that note, we'll start reading chapter 9, speaking of the tabernacle and the old covenant. So, chapter 9, verse 1. Then verily, the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first, wherein was the candlestick, and the table, and the shewbread, which is called the sanctuary. 
And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. And over it, the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly. This was a special place. Exodus 26 is where we would go to read about the pattern for making the tabernacle in the wilderness. Tabernacle means a dwelling place, and it was where God's presence was going to reside while leading his people. Of course, there was a courtyard and the structure with the two big rooms. The mercy seat in the holiest of all was the most secret place because that was where the presence of God was. Yeah, and there's a companion scripture in Psalms uh, 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. God wanted to write His laws on the tables of our hearts. The Ark of the Covenant held artifacts that were special to God, and the mercy seat was on top of that Ark. Think of our heart as the Ark in the New Covenant and God being with his people there always. Let's pick up reading at Hebrews 9, verse 6. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. The Holy Ghost thus this signifying, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers watching, washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. Okay, so now we get to the good part. Remember that the train of thought was uh, was paused after Hebrews 8, verse 3. And now it's getting pack, picked back up again. Verse 11. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Okay, wow. Remember the audience here are saved people, having already made the commitment to put their old life of sin behind them. The author is really doing an excellent job of reminding us how the Christian faith was built on the types and shadows of earthly religion. The blood of animals worked as a sacrifice under the old covenant because something innocent had to die for their transgressions. But the priests had to keep doing it in the courtyard, and the high priest had to keep doing it once a year in the Holy of Holies until Jesus came, a worthy sacrifice. The very word of God who became flesh humbled himself to stop the cycle 
and enable real righteousness. Now verse 15. And for this cause he was the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. I love this sentiment here, that the verse uh, about which they are called. It's more than just biological Jews under this New Testament. We read elsewhere that many were called, but few chosen. And that helps put to rest the idea of predestination, or once saved, always saved, and eternal security in the popular sense. And you can go back to earlier podcasts where we explored that concept. In short, he that sinneth is of the devil. Uh, Verse 16. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law. He took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. And, you know, this is another idea about a last will and testament and how the final wishes of someone uh, about how to dispose of their belongings can be honored. The New Testament is Jesus Christ's plan for his church and how the system will sustain itself until the Father decides the time is right to end it all. Yeah. All right. Now, picking it up on verse 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, But now once in the end of the world, he hath appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time, without sin unto salvation. Our final thoughts here come from a few chapters ahead. Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. This holiness is only possible through the power of Christ. A Christian wants to be holy all of the time, and by the grace of God can resist temptation. The scriptures say that a way of escape will always be provided. We just have to take it when it is offered. Well, with that, we'll end up this podcast. It's been a pleasure, and we trust that you found the discussion both challenging and encouraging. As always, thank you for listening, and if you have any comments or would like to contact us for any other reason, please visit www.csinning.com or email us at biblestudy at avondalecog.org. 
We love to hear from our audience and would be happy to further any discussion or pray for a need you may be experiencing. See you next time on The Higher Calling, presented by the Avondale Church of God.